Radio. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the Soul Mass Transit System. We're also brought to you by other TV shows like Barney the Dinosaur and Bubble Bee Man. We didn't have a lot of sponsors this time. We're kind of just sponsored by TV in general. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're, of course, here to talk about the episode Rosebud. This is the fourth episode of the fifth season. It was written by John Swartzwelder. Hell yeah. Can I get a what what? Can I get a what what? <laughs> um, directed by Wes Archer. Showrunner was David Merkin, and it originally aired October 21st, 1993. Heard of it? Heard of it? Some of you have. Some of you <laughs> weren't even born, which is a frightening thought. Mm. Mm. I'm very excited to talk about this episode, and I just want to dive right in, introduce our guest for today. Uh, you may know him as a writer of many things, uh, including At Midnight. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer, Season 2. Search Party, Season 2. You need a guy to work on Season 2 of your show, you call this dude. <laughs> he's he's a dead ringer for every Season 2 show uh, on the air. He also w- wanted me to say that uh, he's very proud that he created the Etsy Pitchmen segment for At Midnight. So all you Etsy Pitchmen heads <laughs> yeah. can, you know... You know, your God. Now you know who I am. Pull over on the freeway <laughs> and really savor this moment. Uh, please welcome Craig Rowan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Would you say that you're a fan of The Simpsons? I would very much say that The Simpsons was a huge part of my childhood. Then uh, I think I think this is going to work out just fine. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good it's a good television show. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to also note. So I was I was looking up your IMDb credits uh-huh. this morning, and I couldn't help but notice that you, it says on the internet mm. could be wrong, but it says that you were the head writer for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That's right. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Um, <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was a TV show and still is. It was hosted by Regis Philbin. Um, and in, it was when I was the head writer, it was Meredith Vieira. Ooh. And, um, yeah, somehow I became the head writer of that show. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was curious more because it seems like not a full departure from comedy writing. It's very strange. I mean, it's, de- it's like, uh, it was a great job. Um, very different from most of the stuff I've done yeah. since then and before then. Actually, though, at mid- it sort of was a, like the job I had before at midnight. So actually, I think that played a role in me getting at midnight because it was a game show thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah writing the questions for uh who wants to be a millionaire and uh i'm not i like you could stump me with a lot of uh, history (laughs) i don't know i'm i just i was there and it happened and um and i don't remember any of the questions (laughs) so you can't you can't like try to cheat the game right 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 well i was just gonna say like what's that writer's room like like it's very um, individual. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm allowed to say too much about it, but everybody oh. has like, <laughs> I'm legally, I've said too much. They're going to murder <laughs> me the sorry. second I leave. Meredith no, but, but you have to, like, you have like a question quota of how many questions you have to write. And um, very smart people writing for it. Very clever people. And um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now we know. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, we we stumped you a little bit uh, just by having to go through the process that has become so hard just because we've done so many episodes right. already of what episode do you get to talk about when so many great hits have mm-hmm. been picked, yet we end up picking one that shocks me that we didn't talk about sooner. This is a classic Simpsons episode for so many people, like, you can't get enough of Monty Burns, and this, like, really scratches that mm-hmm. itch. Um, and this was one, like, there are just a few from my childhood that I remember better than others. I think maybe because there's a teddy bear and Barney in it, and this one, like, <laughs> really struck a chord yeah, for really childhood resonated. me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, from start to finish, there are just so many laughs, and uh, the nature of this podcast, since we kind of go through each beat, like, you just have to pause so much mm-hmm. just so you could get half of the great jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that you suggested a couple other episodes mm-hmm. that were already picked, but is there anything special about your relationship to this episode? Um, f- well, first of all, it's such a challenge, obviously, to pick an episode because literally, you know, there's so many. It's a good TV show. <laughs> and um, I like really did religiously watch the show when I was a kid and would watch reruns like every day, two episodes. I mean, I watched so much TV. This and like Seinfeld 
uh, were, you know, just like in my brain for, you know, 10 years. And um, this one, I don't know what specifically I there's like so many cool things about it, which is um, like it ends on a weird sci fi thing, which I always like. <laughs> um, it has it's a big movie reference, which I also was like, when, when did this air? 93? 93. Yeah, I, I was nine years old so i had never seen citizen kane and i think what's cool about the simpsons is even if you didn't know, know like know the references you sort of got understood it and then also since i was pretty much five to 17 when i was really into the simpsons um only in the last 15 years have i like fully understood most of the references <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's nice to go back and be like oh yeah I, I can appreciate this on multiple levels yeah it makes it good for when you're watching it with the parents there's like oh a joke you don't get i like this show <laughs> yeah. it's perfect yeah no that's been like the best part about re-watching it um for the sake of this podcast and then also just in my life re-watching it um of like the second wind uh opportunity of getting all of the jokes that went over my head when i first saw it as a kid and then i would also say so off of you know you were saying that you didn't see citizen kane before watching this episode but you kind of got it and i think that that's a really great testament to how the simpsons uses pop culture references and that they use them in a way that makes sense for the characters they use them as a jumping off point for like a, uh, an original story but using an unoriginal sort of stylistic reference with citizen kane so that it's like you know doing it the right way instead of referencing culture is not creating culture yeah you know right um and so we actually start with a an probably equally well-known movie as citizen kane wizard of oz reference mm -hmm. uh we get those guards <clears throat> outside of burns's apartment doing the oh -O, and i laughed so hard because smithers just you know shushes them and oh -E i remember really Such loving that why is that so funny because <clears throat> it's silly it's silly <laughs> and also just like it's such a good song, like <laughs> refrain. I don't know it's what catchy. But, it's catchy. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's a good hook, and like Kanye used it, and like it's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I I do want to know: Are there any have any songs used that before? Because I feel like we could yeah, have. I think I think yes. I, I confidently can say, but I have no idea, and I don't know for sure. We're gonna one hundred percent. Absolutely not. But one hundred percent. Yeah, like that we gotta we gotta go digging or writing. Mm. Um, so uh, we have so many memorable things in here, and uh, there's nothing I like more other than uh, Horny Marge, of course, my favorite course, character. Yeah. It's always creepy when she gets horny. It's <laughs> see, really weird. See, we disagree. We've, we've, uh, but you know, we find it to be very liberating. Yeah, it's it's cool, but it's just in general like a cartoon being sexy like that. Yeah. I think for me, that's just a little bit like. I uh, see that angle too. As it. a hentai lover, I have to firmly <laughs> disagree with you. Well, I also do. You're the love, head of the like, hentai message board. Simpsons <laughs> sex fan fiction. So like, I you said like, you do like that. Yeah, like I love reading that and like jerking off to it. But like, sure, to sure. see it is like a different thing. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. We all feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get too deep into talking about the episode. Oh, my God. So, I forgot we didn't even do this. I know. It's OK. Um, you're totally fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, we always like to read uh, the synopsis for the episode uh, of the episode, excuse me, for people that haven't seen it in a while. So uh, the episode begins by showing how on the eve of his birthday, Mr. Burns starts to miss his childhood teddy bear, Bobo. The bear ends up in the hands of Maggie Simpson and Burns does everything in his power to get Bobo returned to him. Anything else that we missed? Where do you get your synopsis? Wikipedia.org. Nice. So that that it's a, that's exciting for the person who writes that. I know. Yeah, we uh we roast them a bit because sometimes <laughs> they're sometimes they're solid and they're they don't take up much of our time, which we like, but other times <laughs> we get things uh that are like it's the son of Bart or like the son of Homer. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Do this. Yeah, like, it's a little bit too like in this episode clinical in its terminology. <laughs> yeah, they do a shitty job sometimes. Yeah. It's all part of the fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean that that's exactly what happens. Well, this episode is um, pretty much just an A story, so we don't really get a lot of deviations from that. We do get like you know fun little fantasy sequences with Homer and shit, but like <laughs> it's pretty much just focusing on Burns and the bear the entire time. Yeah, and it made me think a lot. Of, and perhaps this is because also it's like a Burns Maggie tug of war, but it made me think about who shot Mr. Burns a little me bit. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't often get those two coupled up. 
I I hope that that stays at least that they don't have sex in the porn sites. I know. I was about Craig, to say. can you speak to that? Has I there been a lot of? I can't confirm nor deny. Uh, okay, right. you know, you're a moderator on yeah. it. I get it. I don't want to <laughs> get yeah. too deep. All right. Uh, so uh, I was saying earlier, I love Horny Marge, but I also love child uh, Monty Burns. Yeah. Like, those are characters. I like the subsets of, of characters that we see time and time again. Uh, he's just so cute. And he's called Happy, which I we learn. Yeah. With his golden curls. Oh, what a mm-hmm. sweetheart. Um, no curls in this one, although I love oh, the curls. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, with the big lolly mm-hmm. in a previous flashback. Um, yeah, it, you know, it makes you think about just like how do people become evil and uh, it's usually something just like being offered a shit ton of money from you know an anonymous man well it's also interesting from a writer's perspective um when you're writing <laughs> you have to no us. but um like they get out so much information in such a short amount of time like calling him happy is just so funny like that yeah, is yeah. like he was happy <laughs> and then it's like you can choose between us and, uh, or being rich going yeah. with this anonymous rich guy <laughs> Like, it's like three sentences. Each sentence is funny. And then he just, and him putting on sunglasses and saying, let's roll is, it's comedically funny. It is. And then we, of course, get the dad running after him with a bear just saying, like, stop. You're leaving your bear, which is a symbol of, like, (laughs) your innocence innocence and youth. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I love it. Which, by the way, so for those, I mean, we're mostly all adults, uh, not in this room. (laughs) Listeners, I'm saying. There's a toddler running around here. (laughs) That's all right. That's mine. Uh, So, uh, you know, most of us have probably seen Citizen Kane by now, uh, but if you haven't, spoilers ahead. Um, when I saw Citizen Kane for the first time, I dozed off at the last like ten minutes, and I didn't realize that I had. I just remembered it being like, I don't get it. And then I was texting someone about it. She's like, Well, you know, the sled. I was like, Sled? Like what? Like I just totally missed the end where we realized that the Jeez. whole thing had been about a sled. And I was just like, Oh, that's much better. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know, to to kind of see like. The, the teddy bear is the sled. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it was like, it I get it. sleddy bear. Mm, some could. That's that good comedy writer spin. <laughs> that at midnight take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, of course, find out that this is something that he's missing. Uh, Burns wakes up and is uh, saying uh, Bobo. And uh, <laughs> we just get this great moment of, no, no, I was saying Lobo. The, the, the sheriff. Oh, that show shouldn't have been canceled. And then we cut over to Homer also yeah. uh, crying about Lobo. And mm-hmm. I think that's another thing of like, even being, even now, I don't even really know what Sheriff Lobo is, but I can assume it was a for, easily forgettable show. Yeah. And that's even, Hilarious. it's just really funny. <laughs> it's just like, like this specific of Sheriff Lobo. I don't know what it is, and I like it. I feel like they do that a lot on The Simpsons with their pop culture jokes and in referencing something that is, you know, widely forgotten, but they insist that it's like everyone's favorite character from everyone's favorite show, and that is in itself the joke. Yeah, they they like it, and that that resonates. And we get a lot. I've talked about it before, but they do that a lot in Archer, where like they'll make mm. very specific references, and then it will kind of lead their audiences to kind of look it up. Bedpans under my pillow. Who's Bobo, sir? Bobo? I meant Lobo. Uh, Sheriff Lobo. They never should have canceled that show. I see. On another topic, the preparations for your birthday have begun. I won't get what I really want. No one does. Happy birthday, Mr. Smithers. Lobo. Lobo. Bring back Sheriff Lobo! 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 Um, so then we get a very, very iconic uh, visual right out the gate of, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Smithers is saying, just like, we're starting to plan your birthday preparations. And he's like, I won't get what I really want. And he says, no one does. And we get the uh, happy birthday. Uh, yeah. The, you know, sexy uh, naked burns in the cake. Uh, it's disturbing, but uh, Craig, how do you feel about sexy burns compared that to, to me, sexy Marge? That is, it's just hot. 
<laughs> but um, it's funny too with that. Like I, you know, I I'll just be honest. I haven't watched The Simpsons in 15 years. But um, have they fully confronted Smithers being gay in anything? The truth is, is that uh, Julia and I, for the most part, don't watch newer episodes until we have people come on uh-huh. as well. Um, but uh, listeners at home, please let us know. Do uh, we because, know for sure? I, no. Yeah. I just like that sort of also to me as a kid was visually just super funny, but wasn't I was never like Smithers is gay until somebody else said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, well, a lot of people have also I mean, argued, he's not even gay. Even. He just, he's just loves in love, Burns. Like, yeah, specifically, well, exactly. Mr. Burns. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that a lot of people have, um, you know, said that, like, maybe he's gay, but it, what he is definitely is a Burns sexual <laughs> yeah, yeah. that he's just so obsessed with him in, in that way. Um, yeah, which I which I think is the way to look at it from a 2017 perspective. No labels. Right. However, know? that is kind of contradicted in um, Homer's phobia when it's implied that he and John Waters, character had a secret romance, mm-hmm. which is, you know, to each their own. We to could each- all have our secret <laughs> relationships with John Waters. It's true. Uh, true. So uh, after the, the nightmare that Homer's having, we wake up and realize today is Burns' birthday. And we learned that um, every year everybody has to come and like get him presents. And um, we have this moment of him deciding he's going to like pretty much roast him at this performance. Um, and uh, we just get a nice little moment of Lisa and Marge kind of being like the naysayers of this we get a real girls versus boys in the household type of attitude um but i think that's funny too um the dad character in the simpsons in this episode um is like this feels like this would be a full um like plot line that he's going to do comedy in front of the boss character right and um but it's just like sort of a throwaway. Yeah, it could have been like a Dick Van Dyke episode or like, you know, Burns and Allen type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's not enough for The Simpsons. They just need more. Uh, we get that great photo. I always love when they do the newspaper bits. Hirschfields or no? What are you talking about? Uh, when it says, I like the idea, too, that just in a local newspaper, it would say oh, Burns' birthday. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it attributes uh, his long life to the devil. And there's this great picture of, I love the Simpsons devil, by the way. There's something yeah. very cool mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. funny about him and slimy uh, having a check for like one billion dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that made me think of you, Craig, because you have ties to the devil yourself. Oh, that's true. I do. Yeah, I, <laughs> Please elaborate. I am. I, um, I'm a minion of Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In uh, in his show. Uh, he, oh, right, right, he right, right, looks right. like the devil. Mm. Um, so we get a moment of uh, Homer practicing his lines and, uh, you know, saying, "I'm now I'm not saying Mr. Burns is incontinent. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what that means? And actually, I didn't. I had to look it up. Oh, yeah. Lisa's uh, the one that says, do you even know what that means? Mm-hmm. I kind of like her commentary on his stand-up routine the entire time <laughs> that she's just like, Dad, you're just not. Mm. And uh, I like uh, I like that Homer is now in like roast master mode. And well, uh, he went full Bob Hope. Yeah, he's wearing the jacket and the the golf club. Oh, he's like, yeah, they like to shit on Bob Hope a lot. Speaking of mm-hmm. like old timey comedians, we totally skipped over when uh, when Burns runs away. The parents are just like, oh well, at least we have his brother George. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know who George Burns was when I watched it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I just thought it was hilariously weird looking old man kid I know it'll I know. be funny when I'm older I know what is he just like blah, 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 my old Kentucky home it'll be funny when I'm older yeah it's great uh, um, but we get uh, we get Marge saying like hey it's time to go and okay stupid <laughs> uh, which I I just I've gotten in that mode too where like once I'm, I feel like I'm on a roll like it's hard to stop and everyone hates it mm-hmm. um so we also get him just continuing to you're right like it really could have been a whole episode because we do get a little instance of like he goes over to Flanders he's just like you smell like manure <laughs> he's like oh thanks for the nose news neighbor I'll have to cancel my dinner I love the phrasing of that nose news yeah nose news is something that I uh, love alliterations a writer would call that alliteration oh. you just said it and um, alliteration is always great <laughs> uh, so we get the shot of um, 
everyone kind of sadly walking into Burns's birthday, um, like, you know, they're being forced to do it. And everyone's like hunched over and sad. And uh, we get Bush kicked out. Mm-hmm. Who's the person that he's taught? Who's the other? It's president Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Mm. One, one term president. One term mm. president. Peanut farmer. Ah, is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was true. <laughs> but I like that too. Them. I don't know, something funny about shitting on one-term presidents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, they do that a lot. I, one of my favorite jokes that they have, I think, from maybe season four or three, I can't remember, but um, the, uh, we are the mediocre presidents. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that so much. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I think we kind of skipped over the reason why Burns had asked Homer to be the stand-up comedian at oh, his yeah. birthday. And it was just because he was watching on the security footage that um, the other co-workers were laughing laughing at him because he had hangers stuck in his clothes. <laughs> um, and so uh, Burns thought that this meant that he could make other people laugh uh, I like it. on a whim. That's yeah. that's good enough reason. Mm-hmm. He What was his reason that, um, oh yeah, during the weed episode, it was also that, uh, I don't know, he's hiring Homer to do stuff all the time for weird reasons. <laughs> it's his thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, we get that little clip of like the mon- not montage but a little slideshow of like younger burns which is great and uh, of course we see bobo again and uh <laughs> the ramones come on and he says uh these menstruals will soothe my uh mangled nerves yeah and uh, of course it's you know the ramones and mm-hmm. they say i forget what they say but they berate him uh yeah 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 well he says i just want to say before we start this gig sucks <laughs> up your springfield and then uh i laughed so so hard at uh have the rolling stones killed yeah there are several fine young men who i'm sure are gonna go far ladies and gentlemen the ramones ah, these minstrels will soothe my jangled nerves I'd just like to say this gig sucks. Hey, up your Springfield. One, two, three, four. Go to hell, you old bastard. Hey, I think they liked us. Have the Rolling Stones killed? Oh, sir, those aren't. Do as I say. Do as I say. And like, also, I feel like they used to do this more. Again, I haven't seen the show in years, but like, just throwaway, um, like cameos, yeah. like where it was just like that was actually the Ramones. They actually sang "Happy Birthday," I know. which must have cost them a lot of money because that was copyrighted back then. Um, <laughs> but Fox could support it. <laughs> yeah, Fox could do it, but. Um, yeah, they just they. I feel like later on the the cameos became like, oh, this is like the arc of the episode for and, sure. Yeah. Even with an episode that we just recently covered with a, a guest, um, Stephen Ray Morris, uh, we did Weekend at Burnsies, and there's a whole uh, section. Uh, there's a scene with fish, and it's a whole scene with them, and it kind of has its own like jokes that stem off of them being there, not just a throwaway. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of truth to what you're saying that like there needs to be a little bit more incentive for these celebrities to come in and devote their time or like uh, yeah they had like lady gaga on and it couldn't oh, just yeah. be a throwaway it had to be like now marge is gay <laughs> but like, do you think that ugh. that's something that they're kind of leaning on as a gimmick in the later seasons you know more of like a novelty ally is nodding <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to continue without jumping in uh, oh no no i feel like yeah. it has to be a little bit of that and probably a little bit of like well we have this person we got to really use them whereas in the back like back in the fucking day man where like shit was real um like where it was just like this is a cool show like it's awesome to just be on it let's do it and get out like it was just exciting to do that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Don't know. They were punk back then. It was cool. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they were. I, I feel like there is a distinction, like, in that, like, it was cool. Oh, the Simpsons were punk. Mm-hmm. I thought you, you, thought the you were referencing the Ramones. Yeah, the Ramones they're, not, were like, they're not dead. I was like, like they wow, know. music lover over here. <laughs> God damn it. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, so right before Homer goes up, uh, we get an announcement from Smithers that's saying something along the lines of, like, a small Lassie-like Oh, I wrote it it? down. Yeah. Um, A small puppy, not unlike Lassie, was just run (laughs) over in the parking lot. And now for the comedy stylings of Homer Simpson. Are you ready to laugh? That poor dog. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that that led me to, I was curious, uh, 
Uh, Craig, I'm not sure. Do mm. you ever do you stand up comedy or perform? I do improv comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Allie does music. Mm. I do stand up. What has been the worst way you've been brought to the stage? Well, the, actually, the worst thing ever was in high school. Uh, we had this day that was called like Jabberfest, and you would. Um, People like you sort of some teachers let you skip class and and people would perform music or sort of whatever they wanted, which was very cool. And uh, like all day long. And me and my friends were like one of the um, the last class of the day. We're going to perform and we were going to sing a Tenacious D song, which we were which one. Um, I mean, there are only two that was, you would probably uh, Wonder Boy or no, uh, it was uh, Fuck Her Gently, but we were going <laughs> right. to do it Hug Her Gently um, oh, as a um, we thought that was funny. And um, but it was like ha- we were going to go on like right towards the end of the day. And the teacher who was hosting or like was coordinating it was like, OK, well, the class like school ends in like five minutes. So I'm just going to let everyone know before you go on that um, like the bell's about to ring. And I was like, no, 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 like don't because <laughs> like people are going to want to leave like immediately because school is over. And she's like, no, 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 people will stay. So she went up right before us and was like, OK, everybody. um, Bell's about to ring, so you guys can leave whenever. And then just like everybody filed out, and Come then we on. were it's just Man. like, "Thanks." And she, and then afterwards we did it, and she was like, "You know what? You were right." I was like, "Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah." I was. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I've had. So What's many... her name? We'll we'll track her down. Yeah. Um, her name was Edna Krabappel. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Edna Crandall. Um, I've had so many situations where, um, like, I've been on a show where it's like, all right, and now we're going to take a quick break. Um, everyone go get a drink at the bar, and then we're going to continue the show after. And I'm like, no, the momentum is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little different when you're doing music, because music at a comedy show often signifies that there's a break. Uh, <laughs> so it's always a little implied that now is the well, time. That's only because you're playing classical gas. I am I am singing like, please leave the room. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but it's a satire on what you're describing. <laughs> right. Uh, so this next scene is an example, or within this scene, um, when, you know, he, he comes and does what is pretty much a Bart Simpson move of pulling the pants down and... Right, uh, like father, like son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh you and know. also, this is around where you got to remember to put into context is around the time of Ace Ventura, maybe yeah. even before mm-hmm. he also talks with his butt. So this was about a yeah. year or two of when talking year. with the butt was actually a very progressive thing in those mm-hmm. days. You have to remember that. What did it symbolize? Uh, what did it mean to you? Like, to what me, did it... it was like sort of like farts and poopies uh, and yes. duty. Uh, and to me, that, uh, that's, duty. that's sort of informed my entire career. <laughs> uh, Ace yes. Ventura, I mean, revolutionary revolutionary for its time comedically now looking back a little problematic i re- recently was on tv and i w- like watched the last like half an hour i was like how oh my god like this I was a know. movie like the end is basically like pulling a transgender woman's pants down showing her penis to <gasps> everyone and just a hundred police officers throwing up. Oh yep. my god. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, pretty gnarly. <laughs> I don't like... Times they have a change. <laughs> yeah, I don't read like old things I wrote and I don't watch movies that I liked as a kid. <laughs> Two things to know about Allie Gertz. <laughs> I want to think I'm great in the movies I like to great. Forever. <laughs> uh, but we get this we get this moment so Mr. Burns is not pleased to say the least and uh, he says like, you know, pretty much like kill that man and uh, then Everybody in the crowd gets beaten, which as a 2017, like, you know, view, it's kind of like, that's scary. People are dying all the time. Like, it kind of takes Total- away a little bit of fun. Totalitarian regimes is a little more frightening. Now. Yeah. I know, which is a bummer. <laughs> so, and this may be a stretch, but while we're in the zone of pop culture references, it kind of made me think of it being a reference to Gimme Shelter, the documentary about um, Ooh, uh, Altamont. Oh, yeah. Ah. The, uh, Hell's, um, Angels. the Hell's Angels that yeah. were roughing up the crowd. Have you guys seen Gimme Shelter? Yeah, it's great. It's great. My favorite part in that documentary is when um, the Grateful Dead show up and they look out and see how like, everyone's... This is a bummer, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's getting beaten up. They're like, 
It's a bummer, man. And then they get back on their fucking plane or whatever and just <laughs> peace out. <laughs> that and brothers and sisters. Uh, Mick Jagger just saying that over and over. Anyway. You guys should watch it. You should watch it. Uh, so we get back to the Simpsons household and uh, Homer has learned his lesson, as it would seem. I'll never wiggle my bare butt again. And, and Lisa, like, I'd like to believe you this time. I really would. And, uh, you know, Bart saying, it's like, oh, will he really, son? He's like, or will he really, dad? Uh, we are rest assured that it will happen again at Patty and Selma's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I like that exchange between them. I, I mean, that to me, it's just like a simple little like touchstone of a, a moment of a joke with Lisa just being like, I'd like to believe it. And then, you know, immediately like the, the I was going to say the Frisbee circles back around. What am I even saying? Boomerang? The boomerang circles back around. The boomerang around. Frisbee's back around. Ah. The, boomerang, the good old comedy trope of the boomerang <laughs> Frisbee. Rule of threes and rule of sevens and the boomerang. Uh, so I forget what makes uh, Burns say that he's going to give Smithers the thrashing of his life. Can you remember how that comes up? It's a, it's a thing that happens all the time. Happens here. Didn't write down why it happens. Let's just know it happened and appreciate that it did. Uh, so we, I wish I could assist you. <laughs> but hey. Uh, we get these great moments of like what has happened to Bobo over the years. And... Uh, I, my favorite was seeing that Hitler had Bobo for a while. Well, it's yeah. also funny that, like, Charles Lindbergh, yeah. um, like, Hitler's and a Charles Lindbergh rally, <laughs> which is great. And, um, yeah, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's Hitler. It's Hitler. You know? It's Hitler. We love Hitler. Yeah, mm-hmm. comedically. That, uh, I think a couple beats later, it kind of leads into um, this, like, really epic expedition of these ice farmers <laughs> that have finally um, tracked down Bobo and he's trapped in a, a big block of ice. And we see that they eventually deliver it to the Quickie Mart. And um, I just love what the main guy says. And it's very, like, deadliest catch, the way that they're presenting it. Um, but we lost four more men on this expedition. And then Apu says, if you can think of a better way to get ice, I'd like to hear it. I love that. And then that. they all, like, murmur. Like, oh. like, I don't even... <laughs> yeah. It's such a funny, simple joke. It's so great. Well, yeah, I think it's also... Yeah, that's... The genius of The Simpsons is like they flush out that joke for like a minute, mm-hmm. showing the art. Like it's totally unnecessary, but it's just it's yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, it's it's great because it's funny. Mm. I don't know. That's my take on it, but whatever. Hot take, hot take. <laughs> comedy writer over here. Comedy writer thinks comedy is funny. Um, there's some so many great visual jokes uh, in this episode. Uh, blink if you miss it. But so now, uh, Bobo is being tracked down by Smithers. Um, and Bart and, has just gotten it. And Barton has has just gotten it. At or he buys it for the ice because mm-hmm. Homer's head hurts because he was beaten. Oh, mm. that's right. <laughs> yeah. It all comes around. Uh, it all comes around. But I love uh, very briefly. You see that Smithers is slapping stickers of like missing bear, you know, Bobo on the side of the milk carton, uh, but he's slapping it over Millhouse's photo. So, <laughs> so good. In this, in the universe of the, of Springfield, in this particular episode, Millhouse has gone missing. I love that. I love that they do that because Millhouse has gone missing and it's not the episode we're watching. <laughs> like that should very much be what we're focusing on, but it's more mm-hmm, about the bear. Mm-hmm, yeah. I like it. So uh, we have the very dramatic music, which is great. I love when they do like push-ins. Uh, we see that we see Bobo on the Simpsons table. We push in, and it's one hundred percent cotton. Yeah, and the then false, they kind of search yeah. again for it, and it's Bobo. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And uh, we get uh, another. I remember it as being very popular, but. Maybe some forgot it of uh, Smithers being dressed up as the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> sort of mildly touching upon like their secret life as furries. Ah. Yeah, I was thinking while I was watching it now, um, I, well, not back then, but uh, what did furry the furry lifestyle exist at that point, or was I'm that, not sure? Because this, to me, in my head, I was like, oh, this probably predates that, but like it yeah. sort of touches upon something that you know, was deep within some people. I'm I sure mean, somebody was having sex. I'm sure sex. people were doing it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's shown in The Shining. Um, oh, that's so right. So I feel like it. Some, some level of it has been going on. Yeah. Maybe not the full, like, animal suit that you could buy at a store, but maybe stuff that you were making yourself. Here, here's something I know for sure. And kids at home, you can write this down. Take it with you. People have been nasty since day one, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, people. people have been nasty since Jesus' age. <laughs> People been nasty. People been nasty. That's my new catchphrase. Speaking of nasty, um, we have this uh, shot of um, Homer watching the TV. Maggie with the with the nasty old bear in front Whoa. of it. 
And Different uh, kind of nasty, though. It's not the nasty. nasty I'm talking about. I'm talking about a real good nasty. Ooh. Uh, so uh, we have this Kent Brockman thing, uh, you know, just like it may be the, the bear may be in front of you right now. Like you might be looking at it, blocking the TV. Uh, by a loved one. <laughs> exactly. And it's just uh, he says mold and, uh, you know, put that moldy bear down. Moldy? Bear, I'm going to get something to eat. A very great Homer yeah. moment. Um, I totally forgot about the robot bear uh, that Professor Frank Professor Frank oh, makes. Oh yeah, yeah. Funny, mm-hmm. uh, funny character, funny part of the episode. Yes, of a funny TV show called The Simpsons. I like it. Uh, so we get just. I really like like very um, like subtle ways to kind of just paint the picture of what the Simpsons home looks like when there's nothing really going on. We have Lisa meditating mm-hmm. in the background. I noticed that too. It's really but, sweet. Yeah. I was like, um, I just thought that was, I was like, Oh, she, yeah. Cause she was always, you know, the vegetarian episode, all that stuff. I was like, but they really laid that groundwork pretty early on. And it felt yeah. a little bit before that was the trendy thing. Maybe it yeah. was, but I don't know. It, it felt, um, I don't know. She was just always there, man. She I like was, it. She was, there. And she was there. The <laughs> and it makes sense that they would do it because it makes it so that the music that Homer hears when the bear they lay is a in lot a fish of ground, tank. they lay a lot of pipe <laughs> to get it done. That, I mean, that's the joke is that it's right. just like nothing could ever be easy in the Simpsons writers' room, which yeah. I'm sure is so infuriating. But I don't know. Uh, They've got a podcast about their work now, so it's... I guess we know who won. <laughs> Wait, yep, yep. Multiple podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. There's a new one every day. Do you ever check? I do. Um, Shout out to all the other Simpsons podcasts. Hell yeah. yeah yep. Rate yeah, them yeah. on iTunes. Yeah. Um, we we get Homer, he, Homer falls down and he sees Bobo behind the fish, but first we get a, a very solid gasp. We're just like, how long have we had these fish? Well, I want to talk briefly about the way that he, him falling down the staircase is animated in such a great bouncy way. Like, I really, really enjoyed rewatching it. And um, when he looks up, you know, the bear is behind the fish tank and it's just so majestic and the music kind of swells in this moment and it kind of also reminded me of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet <laughs> which I'm not sure was intentional but oh, yeah. there's a great um, fish tank scene in that if you're this into predated, it. This predated, I mean this was around the time of the butt talk and then this hey. was predated the Romeo and Juliet uh, fish tank scene. Maybe Baz was like hanging out in Australia like you do and came across. He was with, in the bush and he, he was, was just in the like, bush and he was like I got an idea for how Romeo and Juliet are going to meet. Claire Dane <laughs> And Leo Dio. Ooh, Leo Dio. That makes him sound yeah. metal. I haven't heard that. Oh. Forgive me. Oh. <laughs> Forgive it's me, my father. favorite way to. You're, you're <laughs> forgiven. My favorite way to pronounce Leonardo DiCaprio's name. I dig it. Um, so. <laughs> I have little joys in the world. I have so few. <laughs> one of mine is when The Simpsons uh, implies that uh, the music that everyone sings and, and things that they really have as touchstones for how to communicate things, and including joy, is through um, like fast food commercial jingles and Mm. so there's this moment where Homer's just like uh, you know he's not going to get it back cheap He's going to have to give me my own recording right. studio and then sings the uh, Big Mac song. Yeah. Uh, that was really weird, actually. It was. I, I, don't, I, I didn't remember. It was, like, I think I, it's cut from syndication. Yeah, it must be because I've watched this. I mean, I have again, I haven't seen this episode in years, but I remembered almost every joke because yeah. I'd seen it like 15 times when I was a kid. I did not remember that at all. It stuck out. So it must have yeah, been because I think it was uh, cut. Yeah. Very weird. It very is. A, weird. It's a bizarre. I mean, they have so many. Well, they do have so many asides. I was going to say, they have so many asides. They do and they don't. Like, the asides are usually, like, baked into whatever the scene is in it, and it feels, like, very natural. But this yeah. felt like <laughs> almost a Family Guy-esque sort of aside. I think it must have been, a re- I mean, obviously, it's a reference to a Mickey D's commercial. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, tell us more. Well, but Mc- Mc- McDonald's, mm-hmm. if you watch The Founder. Ooh, and you, we're going to take a quick realize. break while Craig explains. <laughs> um, but it, there must have been, that commercial must have been, I mean, I mean, that commercial was around in the 80s. I don't know if that was like specifically referencing something right then, but it was weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just weird because it wasn't in syndication. So I I was just like, it wasn't in my brain. Let's actually take a quick break and then come right back. 
Hey listeners, I'm Allie. And I'm Julia. And we have a very cool ad for you. I'm so excited. So we are going to be talking about eSalon. eSalon is a company that is um, all about hair dyeing and making it easier for you to dye your hair and not have to go to a salon and pay upload, up, uploads, upwards of $100, <laughs> $200, You could have Simpsons blue hair color if you wanted. If you wanted for Halloween, for everyday life. So basically, eSalon offers professional grade, completely personalized hair color created just for you and delivered right to your door. That is so cool because I love dyeing my hair, but I always pick like the wrong color and yeah. then it ends up with me just never dyeing it again. Right. But then with eSalon, if you do pick the wrong color, then you can just tell them and they'll be like, no worries, girl, we got you or guy. And you can do another hair color and have it be delivered to your door. And also they keep your hair history so they know your pigments and they know everything. So it's just like you don't have to fill out the questionnaire every time. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way it works is the first time you do it, you fill out that questionnaire, upload a photo and a personal colorist will formulate your individually blended color for um, over 15,000 pigments. Mm, I love it. That is insane. I don't even know where to start. I'm just like, (laughs) what do you think? Daddy? No, that's weird. (laughs) So also what I love is I feel like we're at a really great age for customer service and Isalan is no exception. So if you have any questions, the hair color experts at eSalon are just a call or email away so it couldn't be any easier and also there's a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee if you're not totally happy with your color eSalon will give you either a free reformulation or a refund that didn't quite work but it did kind of it works because it's so helpful to you to have this product i know it makes me want to sing so all you have to do um, is visit eSalon.com slash simpsons now so new customers will receive 50% off their first order. That's just $10, $10 for your personalized hair color. Get 50% off your first box at eSalon.com slash Simpsons. Now that's eSalon.com slash Simpsons. Yeah. Nice. Man, what a great break. I ate so many burgers. Before we dive back into the episode, did you actually watch The Founder? No. I want to talk to people that saw it. I want to see it. You're gonna have, have you're gonna have an interesting time uh, trying to find someone. <laughs> I uh, it's it's an interesting movie and is uh, yeah, it's it's just like one of those bizarre kind of paint by numbers Oscar nominated movies, um, and a lot of great talent is yeah, in it, and, yeah. and they're really really showing up to work and really doing a great job. But like, it is so hollow. And flat, and I'm just so curious about the process because I'm not sure there was anyone um, in the production that was like, hell yeah, this. It just felt very like, and then this. I don't know. Sorry if you worked on the founder. People, <laughs> children listening at home. I forgive you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, oh, no. <laughs> we'll it's my talk. fault for not telling you sooner. Oh, that's right. You were very quiet. You, you kind of led me into that bear trap. Uh, s- hey. There's a lot of bear talk in this episode. Whoa! Uh, so, so we get uh, we get this cute moment from Marge where she's saying, just like, I'm sure they'll give us a handsome offer, and then we'll make him double it. And it just shocks the whole family. Just like, what? Can't I be greedy for once? Yeah. Um, which is adorable. Well, I wanted to talk about that because it's... it's oh. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about this, but so I enjoy that turn because it's a commentary on, you know, who she normally is in the family and that she is aware that she's seen as kind of a nag. And so, you know, that feels correct. But then later, she's the one that kind of leads the decision to give the bear back um, without, you know, reaping a reward or whatever. So oh. she becomes instrumental in that. I'm not sure if this joke steps on that turn. Yeah, I guess it kind of does. A little bit, maybe? Or perhaps maybe. I'm thinking too hard about it. I'm gonna... Is it cool if I jump ahead a little bit with the Please comments? Please do. Yeah. Something that's jumped out at me in this episode, which I thought was really cool, which I don't know, watching it Again, I watched this as a kid. You have to understand, I was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we but, get it. Um, you were a kid once. <laughs> like, I Continue. used to be a kid. You were? <laughs> but, um, like, Simpsons, you focus so much on the jokes and, like, how genius the writing is and all that stuff. But I felt like in this episode, I was really aware of how it was a family show, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a really good job of just little moments like that and the family reacting to, like, mom, that type of thing. And also, I thought it was really interesting where she was, like... Later in the episode, we need a new hair dryer. 
And it was just a small moment. And you're like, sort of remember that this is like a lower middle class family yeah, actually yeah, yeah. struggling. And it's very small, but they have these moments. And, and the ending where they're like, is this a happy ending? We don't know, which is very funny and yeah. smart. But also I was like, oh, yeah, when you hear people talk about the show as like groundbreaking for being a family show that's like, you know, two and a half kids and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I don't re- I never really actually did think of it that way, but there are those elements that were looking yeah. at it now. I was like, oh, that's it's really well done. And, you know, um, now that I have a family of you know six kids, I look at it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unlike the I Brady Bunch, I don't have any kids. like the Brady Bunch is just like you could afford to feed all of those mouths. I know. And hire uh, an Alice. I know. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I know. Like, well, I, I mean, I love that detail of this episode, too, because it, it does two things. It's, um, you know, to further, like, uh, push into the point that Homer fucked up and to for- further push the stakes of, you know, what this means for them to sort of haggle with Burns and, you know, keep the, the bear hostage and, and making that choice of having Maggie give it over, um, that much more, uh, heavy and weighted. But then also I like seeing more about what their life is and, and that we understand that these are middle class people and, you know, almost in a Roseanne type of way. Yeah. But, it, and, and specifically, Specifically with the hairdryer thing, mm-hmm. which is such a thrill. Like, there's another episode where it's like, we're going to need to scrimp and save, so we're putting all of our, like, soap together to make a soap ball. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, a funny joke. But this, there isn't a joke. She's just like, the hairdryer's broken. Right. Yeah, like, right. I don't know. But I, I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, a very real thing, too. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys... And it's have... not, like, that expensive. Like, it's not, a cr- it's not like, yeah. a high price item, per se. Right, like, right, right. Uh, to completely contrast that in terms of what money looks like in different households, we have... Uh, Burns uh, talking to uh, Homer with the bear and saying just like, well, of course, I can't give you very much because yeah. I'm all strapped for cash. Uh, <laughs> and then a crown falls in his head. All these jewels. He's like, as you could see, you know, the, know. the building is falling apart. And um, he's I love any time that Homer is saying stuff to himself in his head. And he's like, reject the first offer. Reject the first offer. Yeah. May I offer you a drink? Uh, and. The payoff is so funny to me where he's saying he's about to crack. We actually hear his spine kind of crack. And uh, then he's just he goes to the phone. and He says, if I call quick enough, maybe I could still get that drink. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite jokes in the whole episode. But yeah, I love Burns being shitty in that moment. Uh, It kind of reminded me maybe this is just the times we are in right now. But like, um, you know, the rich asshole of today is like a Silicon Valley asshole. So it just reminded me of so many people that have like a false sense of, I don't know that they're they're not acknowledging wealth and trying to sort of use that as a manipulation tool um, that's all no it's true <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing else funny to say about that i just hey you know. we're, we're not all jokes Some, here sometimes hey. it's just about telling the truth hey you know what thank you so much um i think that it i mean we all do it's so sweet that it's homer who mm-hmm. realizes like it's not it's not unfortunately it would mean less if it was coming from marge because we expect it from marge in the same way that like when lisa gets gets good grades it doesn't matter but when bart does fine it's great right um it's so in the context of who that person is yeah and also daddy daughter stuff is always so great on the mm-hmm. simpsons and uh i have to say though when i was watching this and i don't have kids but part of me and like i usually am like kind of a sap and like really like the good thing but part of me was like it's a baby who's not going to remember this doll right like a baby like if if, if she were like three there's yeah. no way but she's like she can't remember stuff she's a dumb baby she's a dumb yeah and the stupidest dumb babies need baby. the most yeah. attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so part of me was thinking like i'll just get an island yeah or get a bigger better bear like yeah. the robot bear i would have done that i mean again I'm you would have gotten the money I would have, yeah, I would have gotten the money. Craig, would you have? I can't, I can't answer that. It's <laughs> part of the who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. clause. I'll get murdered the second I leave. It's this. part of working for who wants to be a millionaire. I, there's that certain you, things I just can't say. But about. are you yourself a millionaire because they give you, they give they, all the writers They give a prize. every writer millions of dollars to not say anything about who wants <laughs> well, to be a millionaire. Well, they have to give you all the prizes so that you can write from a place of knowing. Exactly. You need to know what the stakes are. <laughs> uh, so after Homer has said, like, the deal's off, the bear stays here, he's like, we'll get by. And and then grandpa immediately runs through. He's like, you got to help me. I hit three people on the way here and I don't have insurance. Yeah. Um, I, I love a good throwaway Abe Simpson line. And uh, 
We yeah, me too. And then we get the sixty four slices of American cheese. Where uh, he goes, that was, which I, is fucking classic that and great. Was like I don't like. I was watching the episode last night and enjoying everything, but that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> There's know. something funny about just like a visual joke of someone eating that much, and he's fat and dumb. I know. <laughs> like, well, what can I say? That's funny. That That's joke just... in particular, I think, really resonates with a lot of people. Definitely resonated with me and my sister when we first watched it as kids. I think that that's like a very, not a kid-centric joke, but it, it definitely is like, you know, shooting to them uh, in a way, because it's just kind of silly, and also it kind of is like this weird escapist fantasy of just eating junk food forever. Eating junk food, but eating it one by one. <laughs> yeah. Counting, counting it, out loud. Like, and even like, <laughs> one, it doesn't even really, two. like, part of the funny thing is that there are, um, Burns and Smithers are on the ceiling trying to be stealthy, and that's the pro- issue. But it's not even that, like, without that, it's just funny to watch him. I know, I know. And, and he does it like it's a ritual that yeah. he's familiar with. Uh, or like it's anything that someone does. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. I also feel like it's, um, this will sound very stupid, but I feel like it's very funny because it's a cartoon. Because I feel like we could have that joke on like a live action show and it'd be like, oh, oh. haha. But like because like they're making it so, kind of yeah, thing. because it's like, why? Like, I can't imagine any other cartoon making someone do that. Like if it was the Flintstones, you'd be like, what on earth? <laughs> like, yeah. I just feel like they're using up their time in such a uh, like funny, ridiculous, over the top way. Also, yeah. now now comedy moves so fast that um, you can't live in the Hurry up, small, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Slow. Come on. Yeah. And then, oh my god, men. <laughs> and this oh, did. Boy. This is becoming ASMR for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just like a throwaway joke that takes like forty-five seconds. No, know? it's true. I know. Yeah. Well, and that's something. I mean, I mentioned Family Guy earlier, but this is something that I feel Family Guy does really, really well. Um, what they call taking their sweet ass time. Oh yeah. Um, and they just sort of stretch it out and, and make it its own thing, which is, I think, uh, even funnier through animation, um, because, you know, I feel like most people understand it's, it's a harder process. You have to animate every frame and, and to animate every frame for a stupid joke that lasts a full minute makes it even more, yeah, remarkable. And, uh, two other things that go very slowly, um, having Homer watch Barney, which I remember I loved as a kid and my parents, hated because it's like so annoying uh i laughed really hard watching it kind of through my parents eyes just like that sounds awful yeah just barney two plus two is four i know i know it's like oh i could see what people like about this show (laughs) yeah uh and then so another so we talked earlier about how it's a little weird to have like everyone getting beaten Mm -hmm. i always you know the simpsons has a bunch of gun jokes because guns were not treated the same way Mm -hmm. it still made me laugh but also i hate that i have to ever like think about current affairs just because I see a gun in a cartoon, but yeah. I kind of just do without trying to. But it's still great when um, we get uh, Barney at the door with the gun uh, saying just like, Homer, like give the man what he yeah. wants. Oh, and the- it's so creepy, too. It is because it's raining. And it's-, <laughs> it's like real. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of this whole episode is something that I didn't remember. Um, from watching it as a kid, and it's just uh, the the sitcom of Burns and Smithers. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, the animation of Burns's oh, mouth just kind of so like cute. yes. Um, there's something so good about it, and I love that. Uh, Homer likes it uh-huh. and of course Lisa's like is it just me or has the TV gotten worse that's about the same yeah. look out Smithers <laughs> I know well the, I love how basic they make that scene so I wrote down the dialogue uh, Smithers I'm home laugh 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 already laugh 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 <laughs> laugh laugh yes laugh 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 <laughs> it's so good I love his yes he looks so adorable yes Um. <laughs> so we get this uh, little shot because you know we don't have the kids in this episode too much but we do get to see how Bart is being affected by having his dad be the reason that the yeah. people can't watch anything um, so they're about to beat him up and then Martin is just like uh, look fellas it's the first Snapdragons of the season mm-hmm. now let's just get him instead oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love a good Martin line like that I just yeah. also love it's like my old man can't drink because your old man <laughs> won't give the bear back to Mr. Burns or something. and then it's like oh, it's, what are we what are we beating him up for exactly like, yeah oh yeah because it was uh, my dad can get a beer because you won't give your old man a bear it's like yeah. what <laughs> which is a very real thing I can see a children a children a child on the playground saying that too. 
another line I like, this is after we get the whole mob uh, and we see that, you know, Maggie is is crying and everyone kind of comes to their senses. Uh, We've given the word mob a bad name. Yeah, that's fine. I love how they wrap up um, Burns's uh, actions in this episode, sort of like putting the genie back in the bottle um, when he says, from now on, I'm going to be good and kind to everything. (laughs) And then uh, he tells Smithers to write it down and Smithers says, oh, I I don't have a pen. I'm sure I'll remember it, (laughs) Uh, which is very classic Burns beat. Uh, I really like uh, just the interaction that he and Maggie have. Um, yeah, good, good sand today, eh? Yeah. And also uh, taking the pacifier and the guy immediately, the paparazzi immediately taking his picture. Ah, paparazzo! Yeah. Uh, something I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all kind of comes together. And uh, we have Homer saying, uh, you know, well... Uh, we didn't get any money and Burns got what he wanted. And Craig, like you said, this is the line where it's just kind of like, uh, is this a happy ending or a sad ending? It's an ending. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that kind of meta commentary that they inject into these episodes. And also, I wanted to say that, so this is the fourth episode of the fifth season. Two episodes prior to this was Cape Fear. So Which out was of the my gate. top uh, choice. Though, so. I yeah. think, I mean, Cape I'm sure it's everybody's top choice. Yeah, we Cape talked Fear. to Peter Atencio about it. Oh, yeah. uh, he directs Keen Peel. Yeah. Um, Cape Fear, Monorail, and uh, Last Exit are probably the yeah. top three that What's everyone... What's Last Exit? Last Exit to Springfield is uh, Lisa Needs Braces. Oh, yeah. Dental plan. Yeah. Um, did you want to speak to the final robots or the yeah, future I, scene? I think um, comedy is no. oh, slower. Uh, Tell us. <laughs> uh, I'm taking notes. Hold on. What's his name? Swar- uh, Swartzwelder? John Swartzwelder. John Swartzwelder. Yeah. Swartzwelder. Yeah. I know. Uh, I don't know way too much about him, but I know. I didn't know that he wrote this episode when I picked it or whatever. But I know that he's written um, the time machine. The time did machine it. did it and all this stuff and. This episode has like it, it basically jumps like a thousand years into the future or something and shows Bobo lost again and and monkeys. It's like two thousand one <laughs> space odyssey and monkeys are like found Bobo and then Burns come in comes in as a head on a robot's body <laughs> and then Smithers is a dog and so um, cute by the way. Wait for me. Like a, he's a robot dog. Um, I like I don't know that, that just tickles my fancy. That's my type of I like extending things out like. As a fan, like watching things just get extended and heightened to an insane degree for pretty much no reason. That episode absolutely didn't need it at all, really. Um, and same with like the Hitler joke of like seeing Bobo through the ages and like what it's touched <laughs> upon. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just a cool way to think about things. And it like, I think it's what makes the show more interesting than most mm-hmm. other shows is just the ability or willingness to go so far out of the family or the normal sitcom world that is just, um, I think as a kid too, it just makes you think, because I watched this when I was a kid, you have to realize yeah. that. But At what I, age? I, 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 this one, I was nine. Oh. Um, but it makes <laughs> you, I think it like pokes your brain in, in a weird way where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, this is fun. It's just fun to think of it in a different way and to not just, I don't know. Well, um, it maybe I'm a, getting too like no. weirder about it or maudlin, but it's, it's, that's I what we prefer. Like, yeah. It speaks to a confidence in what they had created. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a confidence that the main family was so strong and that they knew that they could always have stories that could generate from there. But then, you know, to dare to create this really, really lush um, Springfield world. And then also, like, just using pop culture references in the way that they do, I feel like a lot of other shows, um, particularly around this time, would probably stay away from that. Um, Because also pop culture references tend to give uh, a timestamp to your show and, you know, thus, like, making it a short shelf life. Um, But I think the way that they do it, you know, that compromise of we can use the Citizen Kane as the main pop culture reference in this episode but it makes sense because we've always kind of treated Mr. Burns as like a Charles yes, Foster yeah, Kane, yeah. you know, kind of dude. Um, yeah, and it's great. And I that ending, the sci-fi ending, reminded me of another beat, and I forget exactly what episode, but it's like, um, you know, imagining future Bart on like Hollywood squares, oh, where yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like um, 
a bunch of dismembered heads that are like the other panelists and you know he's like I think like overweight you know and just like kind of gruffy looking um, and the the heads of course we see to fuller effect in Futurama, Futurama. right yeah but I think yeah. one, one other thing I'll say and I'm sure that I know this is not original thought at all and I'm sure you guys have talked about it a million times but it's also like so exciting for when I start I watched the show when it came out like I remember watching kindergarten the first episode when you were and, a kid yeah when I was a kid I was about I don't know five to you know five years old but, <laughs> five um, to nine five in kindergarten, to nine. <laughs> in kindergarten. <laughs> I said it was held back four years yeah but um you just wanted like, too much Simpsons the oversaturation of like the icarumba the dough uh the eat my shorts was so big and for them to like I don't know for right around that show to like find the fun stuff that's outside of that and yeah. be like I don't know if they were bored of I can't speak to how they actually felt about it but um to create all these weird like future past all this other stuff is just such a cool way to be mm-hmm. like fuck that noise like <laughs> let's have fun with this thing that we created we can sort of do whatever we want yeah I feel like they started the show I mean they were um, going through like really new territory at the time because we talk a lot about this. This isn't like a novel thought, but, um, you know, there weren't a lot of other examples of primetime animated shows that were doing what they were doing. The only one being really at the time, the Flintstones. Um, but show sucks. Show fucking, it's not funny. It's not, <laughs> not edgy. But, um, I feel like that was an early compromise of like, they wanted to do their own show and then maybe like how they kind of sold it and, and stayed afloat was through the Bartman stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, that sort of like, like how shows were kind of, you know, sold and, and really solidified into the ether of uh, pop culture stuff at the time. But I'm so glad that they were that Fox stuck by them and <laughs> allowed them to explore all these different angles of the world. Because, God, now we here we are, guys, like 28, 29 seasons later, whatever, I, I lose track. But we know so much about this world now. And we knew already so much at seasons four, seasons five, all that stuff. And it's because, you know, they just wanted to explore it and say, damn it all. And um, yeah figure out their story. I forget uh, which guest it was said this, but I I want to ask you, Craig, if you think this is true. We had someone on the show, Julia, help me, listeners, help me if you remember, who said, uh, if you want to know your writing style, uh, look at your favorite episodes of The Simpsons and see what oh. they have in common. Mm. Uh, so if this is one of them and Cape Fear is one of them, would you say that there are elements to your favorites that kind of work their way into your sensibilities for comedy writing? Yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, I, I can more just speak to what I enjoy seeing, like, and uh, I don't know if I have, like, I can't say what my style per se is, but, like, I love stupid, I love smart stupid. That's, like, basically Me what too. it is. Um, like, I do love fart jokes. I, like, I will just say that. Like, that <laughs> yeah. always makes me laugh. I did an improv show last night, and there were plenty of fart and duty jokes. Like, it's just <laughs> part of me. Right. Um, and I love breaking out into, I love weird sci-fi stuff. I love time travel stuff. I love um, that stuff. And I love also, like, messing with like the conventional thing which i think also the mr burns thing is like it's dealing with like an archetype you know him being the rich guy um yeah i i i think i mean also it's hard to say too because obviously the show is so influential to me personally like i yesterday was pitching jokes for a thing and I wrote a joke that I was like, this, and this maybe was in my head because of the podcast coming up, but I was like, this feels like a Simpsons joke, like the style of it. It's just such a part of, um, like the humor that I watched growing up that I think it's, yeah, I, I have to say that, yeah, definitely part of my dumb smart is like such a perfect way to, to say it. And that's sort of how I feel like I've described my sensibilities as well. But I was also going to say that, uh, I feel wet hot American summer is like a you know great example of dumb smart as well and you can kind of sense the influence of the simpsons in that well, that's really funny you say that because first of all wet hot is similar like just as big to me as simpsons yeah same but michael showalter says he's never ever ever seen an episode of the simpsons okay but <laughs> perhaps yeah. perhaps david wayne did maybe, maybe. <laughs> i don't know well i was gonna say that you know the simpsons treats meta commentary in a very kind way and i find that david wayne's work especially I mean, when 
Hot yeah, American Summer 100%. tweets meta commentary um, in a in a very kind way because you can tell that it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of intelligence on what they are satirizing. Yeah, yeah you have to be 100%. really you have to be so smart to write a stupid joke. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's true. Like Wet Hot, definitely you feel the love of camp and yeah. The Simpsons. You feel the love of like movies and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're sort of coming from the same world for sure. Yeah. And then very quickly, which character, uh, family or not family, do you relate to the most? Oh, Snap. Um, I thought you were going to say Snatch. I was like, I'm not familiar <laughs> snatch. with Snatch. Um, the it's character like they're, based they're on the flesh. movie Snatch. <laughs> oh, I, um, I was going to say like um, uh, Chevy Chase's Fletch movies. Like they made their own version. <laughs> um, let me think. This is... That's a really good, tough <laughs> question that I can't think of right now. Well, I, to help, uh, Allie and I have talked about, we both relate to Lisa, mm-hmm. obviously. Although I, I have a lot of Bart in me as well. Yeah, you have a lot I, of Bart in you. I need a lot of attention and I'm a little bit of a troublemaker. Woo! Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and... Um, I'll say the hat that uh, the fez that Abe Simpson wore. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to go the bumblebee, uh, the the giant, (laughs) the giant cowboy hat with the camera in it. When uh, oh my god, that's such a good hat. No, I want to say I'm (laughs) the the guy, um, the really large guy in the very small car. Jonah Ray said that too. Uh, uh, And he is based on Ian Maxtone Graham. Oh, Oh, Uh, yeah. Uh, well, great. Thank you. <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> Jonas said that too. <laughs> I remember things and I get really, really excited. Hey, that's great. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> the human experience is thrilling. I love being alive. <laughs> Life is great. Uh, on that note, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. Um, where can people find you on the internet and elsewhere if um, they should like? If they want to watch uh, the show that I'm on, it's called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and you can go to adultswim.com, and it's on there. And then you can find me on Twitter at Craig Rowan. Same with Instagram. And um, check out... Um, Check out television. Hell yeah. And- <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. To watch either the, the actual television or the band television is also very good. Oh, yeah. Marky yeah, yeah. Moon, Marky is-, Moon mm-hmm. is so good. good uh, Julia, where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, you can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Oh, my God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. You can also find us at Simpsons Pod. Mm-hmm. And also, um, we have Patreon bonus episodes coming out. Um, so... Stay tuned for that. If you guys aren't already supporting us on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash SimpsonsPod. You can get bonus episodes of just Allie and I talking about all sorts of things. Middle Um, school, Harry Potter. Middle school, Harry Potter. But uh, Simpsons things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's sort of uh, a good companion to the the podcast proper is the sentence I'm going with. Um, And then also, if you guys want to buy some cool Simpsons t-shirts, go to our Public store. I believe it's tpublic.com slash SimpsonsPod or something, or just search for us. Um, Do you know who's been supporting us on Patreon? No, but I want to. Um, I'm hoping this is their God-given name, Mm -hmm. Dankmas. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dankmas. Dank. Dank. Get that dank. Uh, I think I've already said this this gentleman's name, but fuck it. I'll say it again. Timothy Burleson. Timothy. Get that Burleson. Get that (laughs) Burleson. And Riley K, which I think I've also mentioned previously. Double shout outs. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Feral Audio.